Hi, I'm Brett Terfstra, and this is Systematic on 5x5. Bandwidth for April has been provided by CashFly, the fastest, most reliable CDN in the business. CashFly delivers all of our content here at 5x5, and they really are the best. Check them out at cashfly.com and let them know you heard about them on 5x5. My guest this week is Colin, is it Donnell or Donnell? Uh, Donnell. Donnell. Okay, yeah, so I, neither. Yeah, it's Donnell. When I, sometimes I used to say it as Donnell when I wanted to sound more, I'm like Irish-Italian, so I guess it was which way I was feeling more. <laughs> okay, so Colin Donnell, who is an indie, and, uh, an indie iOS and Mac developer from Portland, Oregon, and his company is called Albina Development. And he has an app on the App Store called Pinbook for Pinboard. And hello, Colin. Hello. I, uh, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I may have had a couple drinks. Good. Me I, too. I rushed home from a party to do this podcast. And uh, I took um, a flask of Templeton, Iowa rye whiskey with me. And... Uh, that's about half gone, so I should be okay though. It Do sounds I sound like okay. Yeah, you know, it sounds like a good decision. Uh, it's you know, a flask is also. I found out we have a local soccer team. I found out kind of recently uh, that uh, a flask of whiskey for me is the best way to enjoy soccer because <laughs> you just drink whenever it gets boring. <laughs> yes, I saw one of my friends the next day who was at the game but didn't sit with me. I told him. Uh, I, and I, I, I said to him, I was like, that's a great game. That's so much fun, right? He's like, dude, we lost. I was like, I didn't even know that until you just told me. <laughs> I, I understand. I, I happen to really enjoy soccer when I bother to watch it, but it's definitely not. Uh, I, I don't look forward to game or to match days the way that a real soccer fan would. But um, I can if I drank every time it got boring, I would be I wouldn't know when it ended. That's for sure. <laughs> um, okay, so hey, have you have you had Templeton Rye? No, I have not. It's available on the West Coast now. It used to be like they used to they used to notify people that a batch was coming up. It's single barrel rye whiskey, and mm-hmm. they would notify people, and people from all over Iowa and the surrounding states would like line up, basically like traffic down the road to get. Templeton rye whiskey and now they've started distributing and I found it in San Francisco a while back and realized that they had gotten much larger than I thought they were but it's still really good stuff huh if you're if you're into two-year-old rye whiskey (laughs) we have a really good liquor store downtown that has all kinds of like kind of specialty stuff like that so I'm, I'm gonna look for it yeah I recommend it so okay pinbook that's your big app that's your you you you're that's what you do. That's how you make your living, right? Uh, it's, um, yeah, it's a big part of how I've made my living like the past six months or so. How, and what were you doing before that? Uh, mostly contracting. Okay. So I was, um, I worked at a company here in town called um, Avatron Software, and we wrote an app called uh, Air Sharing and an app called Air Display. Oh, I know those well. Yeah, I, I worked on both of those. I actually um, wrote the... The Mac version of Air Display, the client was um, that 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 was like kind of my baby, um, and uh, I left there in like uh, September ish, I think September two thousand eleven. It's like a year and a half ago, and then uh, went to uh, and then um, 
did kind of contracting for about a year and uh then uh I yeah, I'm still doing some con I'm still doing contracting but less now because I the app's making a little you know the app has basically made enough money for me to not have to do as much contracting and then kind of be able to focus on it a little bit more the past 6 months. So, give us the elevator pitch for uh Pinbook. Uh it's you know, it's the uh it's the easiest it's the easiest, most attractive, fastest way to use uh, Pinboard on your iOS device. I, I I would not disagree with that. Um, it's also it's beautiful. Um, I'm wondering, do you do you think that a lot of your customers are Pinboard users to begin with? I mean, it seems obvious, but uh, I think that mm, I mean for sure most of them. I know if I've definitely heard from a few people who were like, I, I've, I definitely know a couple people who bought it because they saw my app and then it like made more sense to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, the thing that I got a lot was, um, you know, cause there weren't really any other good, there weren't really any other good clients for it before mine. Like a couple came out after, but nothing really, uh, prior. So the thing that I got a lot was like, oh, I paid for this thing like two years ago and never really used it. And then like once there was a good way to use it on iOS, I think a lot of people maybe who had it like started using it a lot more. Yeah, that that would make sense to me. I'm a, I'm a uh, would you say, voracious? I, <laughs> I'm an avid user of Pinboard. I love Pinboard, but I get that it's not for everyone. Even, I mean, even after the, like the delicious exodus, a lot of people bought into Pinboard while it was cheap, and mm-hmm. uh, and and then never used it. I, I have a great network of people whose bookmarks uh, feed into my my network bookmarks every day, mm-hmm. and it's as effective for me as RSS or Twitter is. It's like people I trust filtering out my RSS feed for me. Mm-hmm. So I love it, and I love apps that that make it prettier because the um, the default pinboard interface on the web leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, and I think that's kind of by design. He provided a really good API that people could build around. So I guess my curiosity is just whether or not people have actually gone out and begun using pinboard just because they found an app that worked with it. And it sounds like that does happen. Yeah, I think it does. I think I know at least a couple people who did that. Um, I, uh, I was actually surprised, um, he, uh, cause he had a blog post recently, maybe you saw it where he had posted, uh, he had posted like some of the numbers of like how many active users were on the service or whatever. And that kind of a, a thing. And I, it ended up being that like, um, people who used my app through, uh, assuming that the, assuming that I could count people who update within a couple days of me releasing an update, you know, are, you know, quote unquote active users, you know, that that matches up pretty closely what he considers active then it was like double digits percentages of people using the service at all were using that app, which I thought was kind of nuts. That is pretty cool, though. Yeah. So you're able to to support yourself and your lifestyle almost solely selling this one app. Yeah, primarily. It's, um, you know, it goes up and down, uh, you know, month by month. So I've had months that are better and worse, but it's pretty much it's. I think I can say it's at least paid my rent for the past six months every month. And it also bought me a really nice iMac. So, 
yeah, I, I would say I've mostly just supported myself on the app the last several months. And then the contracting has been kind of more of a side thing that I've done. Nice. See, I could, I could survive on the income I get from my application marked. Mm-hmm. I could survive, but I would not, would not be living the life I want to on that income. Um, I think, I, th- I don't know. Do you think that iOS, the platform is more <clears throat> profitable in general than Mac for the average independent developer? Or is it yeah. just as much of a crapshoot? I think it's, I think it's probably kind of a crapshoot either way. Um, you know, I think that if you can, you know, I think that on, hmm, let me, let me think, you know, I think somebody like Panic or somebody or Omni, I think they do just fine selling their Mac app. Absolutely. Just Mac fine. app store. Um, you know, and I think the thing is that a, uh, you know, like five to $10 is like a lot of money for an iOS app (laughs) and, you know, where an app of the same quality would probably sell for three, you know, three to six times as much on the, uh, you know, on the, on the Mac app store. Definitely. So I, yeah. So I think that, I think it really depends. I think that there's definitely a mark. I mean, the iOS market is definitely bigger, but I also think the competition for a lot of different things is, um, you know, uh, there, there's probably less unexposed niches in the, um, you know, underserved niches on iOS. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I totally agree because I, when I think about the iTunes app store, I think about this huge swamp where I would say 80% of the apps there probably kind of sink below the surface and, mm-hmm. and a lot of them rightly so. And if you make it up onto an island where people can find you and people will buy you and you can become profitable, you, you it's a combination of good fortune and proper design and development. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's, yeah, if you make it onto the island, then you, you need to like build a moat around your, yeah. so you're going to be them fighting off everyone for the rest of uh, your life. Um, no, it's, no, it, it definitely, it's, um, I, I, I really do think that putting a, uh, you know, just putting a crap ton of work into making a, um, a really great, you know, making it look and feel and work really great and really caring about getting, you know, the design and um, the functionality of your app, you know, perfect and right um, is really critical. You know what I mean? Because it is really easy to just not get noticed. It is. It's it's terribly easy. And I think that I've seen as as someone who writes a blog that uh, the I write reviews that do affect developer income, not for major developers, but for independent developers getting their start. And I've seen a lot of apps that I feel should have gotten that leg up and didn't, and they just Mm -hmm. disappear. And they're and within a year they're abandoned because they're just not profitable when I think they could have been. But all that aside, your app shows a lot of love. I can tell that you, uh, you obsess over these details. That's very nice. Yeah, that's true. I've, I've actually, I, uh, I'm, it seems like I'm all, you know, I'm always, uh, I'm, I'm always working on an update for the thing. I, uh, right now I, um, I've been, uh, trying to get all that like network and social stuff, uh, spoilers into it. So I, uh, and then that led me to kind of like, you know, the, um, well, you're a developer, so, you know, you kind of like start on one thing and then you're like, oh, I could totally like make the networking work cooler if I did this. And then it's like, you're like rewriting the networking part of your app, you know? Yes. Um, 
So I'm kind of like in one of those right now. So it'll be a really cool update, but it's, you know, it's been, it's been, it's been a lot of work actually. I believe that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and break for our first sponsor and then we'll, uh, we'll continue the chat. Our first sponsor today is gazelle. Um, do you want the new Samsung galaxy S four, or maybe you plan to buy the HTC one or an iPhone five before you upgrade, make sure you sell your used phone or gadget to gazelle.com for cash. Don't give away or bury last year's gadget in a drawer. Find out what it's worth at gazelle.com right now. Gazelle makes selling your used gadgets fast and simple. Go to gazelle.com, that's G-A-Z-E-L-L-E.com, and find your item. Tell Gazelle the condition. They'll even buy broken iPhones and iPads. Get a risk-free offer for your gadgets and lock it in for 30 days. Then you'll get paid fast by check, PayPal, or or get an extra 5% with an Amazon gift card. They know what they're doing, too. Gazelle has paid $100 million to over 500,000 customers. If you have an iPhone, Samsung, HTC, or BlackBerry smartphone, or an iPad or other Apple product, your gadgets may lose value every day that you wait. So go to gazelle.com now to get an offer. Okay. Block two. Block Ready? two. Yes. I actually don't know what we're going to talk about for sure yet. Let me think. You like <laughs> coffee. That's true. I do, do like, like coffee. Do you like coffee more than, than liquor? Uh, you know... They're like my they're like my children, right? They're like liquid uh, children, and I just feel like I uh, it yeah I, I can't choose. I, I I I'm pretty big fan of both, actually. I I think I uh, I recently got a uh, a kind of expensive like OXO muddler for making you know for like muddling drinks at home because um, it's you know it's fun to experiment with cocktails and things at home, but then I realized like. I can't do this too much because, you know, then you're just drinking by at a certain point. You're not really experimenting. You're just drinking by yourself. <laughs> yes, I, yeah, I think so that's probably very true. But I don't really have that problem with coffee. Though. Exactly. That's what I was going to say is really coffee. You can you can work to perfect. And the worst thing that could possibly happen is you get a little you know wired. That's true. But there is a I certain do. point in any any extensive um, cocktail experimentation that you have. You have failed as a, yeah. as a, as an imbiber. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> you know, I, I, I've conducted a lot of those experiments and I have to say they've almost always been a success. <laughs> okay. Um, so we'll get, uh, back to coffee. I think with your, uh, one of your top three picks. So okay. I'll save that. Okay. Um, but let's, let's talk about Portland, shall we? I think Portland's a pretty cool place. I've heard from a lot of people that Portland is a very cool place. How would you compare the developer and kind of overall nerd scene in Portland to, say, farther down the West Coast? Mm. I think that, uh, you know, we, we've got a lot of that here. You know, we have a lot of, um, you know, we have a lot of startups here, uh, you know, like um, Urban Airship and, uh, you know, New Relic and... Um, you know, a lot of the iOS companies here, Panics here. Um, I think that of the people I've met, like in my little group, which, you know, is like iOS developers and designers and things, I think there's, you know, it's, uh, they're a little bit less of that. Um, I'm trying to think of the, the way to say it. I'm trying to think of the nice way to say it. They're a little bit less. It's, it seems to me like the people here are pretty chill. You know what I mean? Like there's less of the like, uh, you know, like I have an artisanal, 
I have an artisanal case with my app's logo on it and that kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. You know, it's, I mean, everybody I've met has been really chill. There's a lot of us here. Uh, we get together. We have a, we have NS beer every, every couple weeks or so where we get together and uh, have, you know, people get together and drink and uh, some of the local people show up to that. Um, but uh, it's, uh, you know, it's um, everybody's, you know, we have a, uh, you know, we have a chat room in IRC. Everybody's just really uh, friendly. You know what I mean? At a, in Portland, you know, we like to take things at like the speed of bike. You know, we'll <laughs> is it, it, I haven't been to Portland since I was, uh, I want to say 17, 16, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, is it, is it pretty, um, bike driven? Yeah. No, I, yeah, I don't, I don't have a car at all. Um, I, I just ride my bike everywhere and walk. Uh, so I'm kicking ass on the moves app, by the way. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I, I think we have something like, Something like close to ten percent of the city commutes by bike. Wow, uh, that's kind of massive. Yeah, which and it's actually kind of crazy too because it's um, uh, it's actually kind of crazier than that because Portland's actually really spread out as as a city. So like, I think like in more of the like city center area, like where I am, I think it's actually you know a higher percentage than it is further out. Um, but uh, yeah, we've got really uh. You know, we have like a network of what we call bikeways, which are kind of like bike streets. Um, cars are allowed on them, but they're like they have special painting on them and everything to like let them know, like, hey, there's going to be people on bikes here, and you're going to have to wait for them. So, um, so cars become the uh, the second class citizen on those roads. That's the idea. Yeah, I mean, you know, nice. sometimes drivers are kind of well. Yeah, I mean, sure, a, a car, a car in in a battle of physics, a car wins over a bike, but from a uh, legal and and street paint standpoint i think that could be pretty awesome yeah it is and we you know we also have some good lanes too so you can get you can get pretty much anywhere in town especially the part of town i live in um so you know for a place where it rains so much we sure do that a lot does it rain as much as people say yeah it totally does it rains a lot here it's um it 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 it, it does it rains a lot you know, I listened to, I, I listened to a couple of, I, I had been behind on your show by a couple of episodes, but I, I went back and I listened okay, to, okay, me too. <laughs> I went back and I listened to the Patrick uh, Roan one, uh, like last night. Yeah. And it was funny that you say it because I was, because you were saying how, uh, you guys had a short discussion about how, uh, people from your guys's area, uh, could just talk about the weather. Like that'd just be <laughs> the only topic. Yeah. I feel like Portland's the same thing. Yeah, I, I now that I think about it, most of the people I know from Portland, and I know a few, mm-hmm. uh, they do typically mention the weather at the beginning of a conversation. I don't know if that's is that true of everywhere, or is it just places that have really crappy weather all the time? Yeah, I don't know. I probably you're probably you know probably the I, I feel like. I feel like it's human nature to want to kind of complain about everything all the time. So well, like, I've never met, I've never met anyone from Hawaii who started the conversation with, Oh man, it was 80 degrees and sunny and just perfect humidity today. Yeah. It's the, uh, yeah, no, I, I think, I think you're right. You, you, you don't get a lot of that from like the Santa Monica crew, uh, as much. Um, so yeah, you're probably right. It, it, it does rain here a lot though. Matter of fact. <laughs> It does actually. It rains, and then uh, 
the whole Pacific Northwest. It's just it's just wet here, but kind of kind of uh, temperate though. You know what I mean? Like it rains, but it doesn't really get that cold, and it doesn't really get that uh, doesn't really get that cold. It's not doesn't really rain that hard most of the time. It's sort of like if you can imagine that it's not like that you're it's not like that you're getting heavy rained on all the time. It's just more like that you're always a little bit wet. I can imagine that. Yes. Yeah. Kind of like that. Um, but, but what they don't tell you though, is because we're further North than most places actually stays light here in the summer till like 10 o'clock or something crazy. What? So summers are like amazing here. That's how, that's why everybody moves here. Cause they, they come here for two days in the summer and think it's like the greatest place on earth and don't realize that it literally rains from like October to like June. I, I, uh, yeah, but the summers are great. I was there the 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 time I went through as a as a teenager. We were there in Seattle and Portland on sunny days, mm-hmm. and everyone was amazingly nice. Like everyone was in a great mood. They let us they they closed down a Burger King. They locked the front door for us so we could do. Um, I don't know the nice person term for it, or like when you wash in the sink. Uh-huh. Um, horse bath is what they would normally call it <laughs> but they closed down the burger king for us and uh this guy tr- uh, followed us for about eight blocks and holding a sign out of his window in multicolored marker telling us our brake light was out and we went to get the brake light fixed and the guy just threw in a new one and told us to hit the road because it was free and like everything just was it was magical that day and I had a feeling that maybe it was more normal when it was raining and sunny days might be kind of a fun thing. But yeah, we uh, you or know. maybe everyone in Portland and Seattle are just that nice. You know, I think that I. I think people are t- I think people are pretty nice in the uh, Pacific Northwest. I think we're I think we're a friendly folk, you know, um, everyone thinks they're friendly folk. Is that true? No, I don't know. But I come from Minnesota where our slogan is Minnesota nice. And I'm just used yeah. to everyone thinking they're friendly when they're actually more, oh, um, what's the word, uh, backstabbing, passive aggressive mm-hmm. uh, liars, I think is the word. I try not to be that way. Mm, yeah, most people, eh. it's not a conscious effort for most people. They just, yeah. Uh, you seem genuinely nice. Don't get me wrong. You know, you have super villains, though. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure like the Monarch. Uh, so I don't know if you watch Venture Bros. Um, I've been watching all of those recently. Uh, I don't. It's recommended. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, switching gears for a second. Uh, you had an app called Close By. You have an app called Close By. I do. And right now it's free with advertising. Mm-hmm. And tell me again what that what it does. Uh, we, close by is, um, so I kind of travel, I, I travel a lot cause I do, um, I do some speaking at some conferences, you know, maybe two to four times a year I go to conferences, things like that. Um, and, uh, one of the things that I always wanted to do is when I got there, be like, you know, who do I know here? I would like to, you know, find out who I can hang out with while I'm in town, who I should hang out with. Um, so I wrote an app for that. So what close by does is um, you uh, you load it up and it goes through all of the addresses in your address book and then it tells you like how far away everybody you know is. So it's kind of like find my friends' houses because it you, doesn't tell you where they are right now, but it tells you like they live in this town or they work near here or something. And um, 
you know, so that's actually really useful for me because like I go to Seattle a lot and, uh, and, uh, Denver sometimes and things like that. And, um, so I just wanted a way to, you know, be able to, when I got somewhere, you know, do that. That's pretty cool. Does it, um, is it required then that you have addresses for the contacts that it, it reads? Yeah, but you can, what I do is when I meet people, I just, uh, when I meet people, I always just put in like the city that I meant them in. So I don't have to like know like their home address. Actually, I can just like put in their city and then it will give me the information that I've wanted. Very nice. I actually could find that very handy um, in my travels. What? uh, I forget. I had a question. I had a question. It's on the tip of my tongue, but I've lost it. Mm -hmm. So I'll ask something else. Okay. Um, How does ad uh, ad revenue stack up for you on on an app like that? A free app that's ad supported. Uh, it's, you know, it's, um, uh, not a lot. (laughs) It's, you know, it's like pennies a day right now. It does. I mean, I, what I think my understanding is you have to get like a lot of users to like really make money on ads, but I had never done it before. And I don't know about you, but just if there's something I just had never done before, I want to try it, just see how it works. Yeah. You know, so I'd never done iAd and I'd never done, um, you know, I'd never made something with iAds and uh, there was a kind of an iCloud component there because I wanted to like detect people who'd paid for it beforehand, you know, since I was taking a previously paid app ad free, I didn't want to show those people the ads. Right. So like, I, so I was like, oh, I'll get to do iCloud and iAds. And like, so yeah, that app hasn't really like made a ton of money, um, but it's a fun app and I use it and the people who have it really like it. So I'm not really super concerned about yeah, that. No, I wasn't worried that you were going to... Uh, go broke or anything on it, but mm-hmm. was, um, would, would you, could you see it being a viable platform for a legitimate app? And I say this, I, I don't want to, I'm probably going to tick some people off, but, <laughs> but it seems to me that most of the apps that I know that employ that strategy and succeed at the succeed big time mm-hmm. tend to have less than savory marketing tactics. It's eight forty. Oh, I hate it when that happens. <laughs> it's 8.40. Did you know that? I had uh, you muted. Okay. Uh, jerk. Jerk. Not you, him. Yeah, um, I know. I know. He's a... Oh, I shut him off. Don't worry. Um, okay. Uh, viable for a legitimate... Viable for a legitimate good app. Um, You know, I kind of think probably so. I think that... Uh, you know, it's... I think... This specific app for me is actually a good example of it, it was actually a big lesson for me that, um, you know, with my other app and hopefully with other apps I'll write in the future, which will be more successful even, uh, you know, um, I think a big lesson for me was to basically if there's a a good if I want to, like, make money on something, a good place to start isn't like, hey, it would be cool if I could do that. Like, it would be cool if I could do this thing because, like, there's a cool problem to solve there, like programming wise, like that doesn't really like get people to download it because you solve the cool programming problem. Unless it happens to be their problem as well. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess what I mean is like, for me, more of the fun of that was like, how can I geocode everybody's addresses and like put it on a map? Like it was more like solving the like technical thing, but like, I didn't really have any indication that there was like a need for that in the world outside of me. You know, I didn't really... I had really no idea like that anybody else was wanting that or thinking about that. And I feel like 
I feel like maybe if Discovery was a little bit better on the App Store, an app like that could do better. Because I feel like there's got to be, out of like 100 million or whatever iOS users, there's got to be a lot of them who would think that app was cool, especially for free, if they knew it existed. But it's so hard to like get it in front of those people, right? Because um, if you're not like on one of the top lists, you just kind of aren't anywhere. You're in so, the swamp. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think that it seems to me like with the current state of iOS, it's like it's almost it's hard to really gain like a ton of traction with an app like that. You it's where if you can pick something where like people are already look, you kind of have a feeling people are already looking for this, but it just doesn't exist. Like that's a you know, as far as like revenue wise and getting people to download your app, like that's probably a better strategy. I guess my point is if you have a legitimately good app, why not put a price tag on it? I mean, I know you did you did this kind of as an experiment, if I'm mm-hmm. understanding you correctly. But in general, uh, like isn't running an iAd app kind of like it, these days, don't most people view it as kind of um some I don't even I don't know how to phrase it like I don't want to say subpar mm-hmm. because it's not it's just it's it's a tactic that feels like you're depending on bulk instead of quality quantity not quality and yeah. I'm not I'm not referring to your app here no totally. I'm asking you because you have experience with this this mm-hmm. form um, of sale mm-hmm. do you think I. I don't know. Maybe I have a skewed perspective on this. I I definitely prefer the model of like, give me money for a thing and then you get that thing. You know, I like, I like the really, like that really simple, like I made this thing, I put a lot of work into it. Now you're going to pay me for the value that you will get from it. Right. Um, You know, and I think, I think the thing about, you know, I think there probably is a certain kind of app where maybe, the thing about doing like an iAd app or something is that like, you know, it takes up a lot of room in the app actually. You know, it's um there it's sort of even if you try and do it in a very unobtrusive way like I did, like they're always sort of ob- obtrusive a little bit. And I feel like because of that, like if you're you know, like I put in an option to like, you know, do an in-app purchase to get rid of it, um in my app, but uh in that app. But um I think that, um, you know, the reason I didn't go that way initially or why I haven't like done other apps that were that way is ad supported is because, um, you know, I care so much about like the look and the design of everything and the feel of it and all this stuff. And then it's like, you're just dumping like a billboard in the middle of that. Yeah. So I feel like the people who really are going to want to make like a great like experience for in an app aren't going to be the same people who are like, and then I'll take up 50 pixels at the bottom of the screen for an ad that I have no control over. Yes. And so I think that's exactly what it looks like. I think that's the relationship, you know? Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm going to do sponsor two and then we'll get to top three picks. Okay. All right. Shutterstock.com where you'll find over 20 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and video clips. Start your search at Shutterstock.com to find that perfect image for your website, ad, publication, or any other creative project. Shutterstock gives you a global image collection to find images from around the world to suit your project. Choose between image packs and monthly subscription packages. 
Choose whatever fits your needs and never have to compromise. If you need just one image for your blog or mock-up, you can do that too. Every time you visit Shutterstock, you'll find something new because they add 10,000 new images every day. It's more affordable than you think too, with no extra charge for large files. Just download any image at any size and pay only one price. They don't nickel and dime you for high-resolution images. If you need them, you can just take them. Easily curate and share pictures via Lightboxes. You can choose your favorite pictures or videos and add them to your own Lightbox gallery as you search. You can also search using their iPad app. There's something called Enhanced License Access. If you like an image and want to run it on print or swag for your trade shows, they can get you an enhanced license for any image. They also have a huge library of vectors, icons, infographic templates, and video clips for all your graphic needs. If you need help at Shutterstock.com, you get an account rep dedicated to you who will answer any questions, and they also have 24-hour support during the week. Sign up for a free browse account at Shutterstock.com, no credit card needed. When you find the images you like and decide to purchase, use the offer code DANSENTME4 and get 30% off of any package. Man, you can't even tell I'm drunk. Not even. <laughs> not e- Only like 50%. Oh, come on. Twenty-five. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah, I didn't hiccup yeah. once in the middle of that ad read. That's true. You didn't. You didn't hiccup. You didn't. Uh, you. You haven't fallen off your chair and had to stop and start over that anyone knows about. Um, you know. I think it's. Uh, I, I think it's been a success. I think you should do every episode drunk. No, but I appreciate your your support. So what's your what's your I first? only program drunk. <laughs> I, that's I, not true. You only program drunk. Ugh. I, I, it's a good way to get some stuff done though. I'm not supporting drinking really. I'm not endorsing doing anything drunk. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying sometimes it works. So anyway, yeah. what's your first top pick? Um, <laughs> you know, I've actually been, uh, I just, you know, I actually just posted like a 1200 something word blog post on it. Um, right before, uh, a couple hours ago. Um, and, I got kind of obsessed with Evernote this week. Um, like, I feel like a lot of people did, actually. Like, I heard, uh, I heard like, you know, um, Gabe at uh, the Mac Drifter, he, um, he, uh, he's had a couple of posts about it recently. Um, thought I heard maybe when you talked to Rob Cordry, you guys talked about it a little bit. And uh, Merlin on uh, his Mac Power Users thing talked about it. Uh, and it's, um, it's come up every week for the last few weeks on this yeah. show. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not imagining that. I was starting to wonder if it's like like a blue Volvo thing. Like I bought a blue Volvo, so now I see them everywhere. You know, like something like that. Um, but uh, I've been kind of obsessed with it recently because it's, uh, you know, I you know I, I don't know. There's things that I like and I don't like about it, but I think it's cool that it, um, you know, you put images and text and you know whatever you want into it. And what's neat about you know and web stuff and PDFs. And I think what they do a good job of is you put all these different kinds of things in there and it sort of treats them all like they're the same thing, which I think is neat. You know what I mean? Like you put all these different things in there and you can find all of them with the same text search, which I think is pretty cool. That you mean like the image OCR and everything? Yeah. 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 Like, like with the OCR and everything, I think it's, but I think it's clever how they, you know, and also, um, and also their little, uh, you know, their little add-on apps. Not little add-on apps. They're pretty. They have some pretty cool add-on apps uh, that they have. Um, the trunk stuff. Yeah, like their whole little. Yeah, they have like this whole eco. I say everything's little now. 
Um, <laughs> uh, like, you know, they have the, yeah, they have this whole, um, you know, this whole ecosystem of things. Yeah. I guess the Evernote trunk, you know, they have like, uh, like, um, you know, like I'd been aware of like penultimate and sketch and stuff, but like, I hadn't really like used them for anything because, but, uh, you know, once they have the ability to like sync back to my other thing on every device, then the ability to like, somebody sent me a screenshot of their app to do, you know, to give them, you know, to look at the design of it or something. And then I can like mark it up in sketch or something like on my iPhone or iPad and then send it back to them via like, you know, through Evernote or whatever. And it, um, you know, and that everything, you know, it just, it's sync, it's going to sync that everywhere. If I want to get back to it, it's almost kind of, you know, it's, it's almost kind of like how you would imagine iCloud syncing working if it was right. You know what I mean? Um, that it does a really good job of making sure the things you want are just in the right places all the time. And, um, and, uh, I think they're, have you looked at their food app at all? No, I haven't. I've seen it, but I haven't used it at all. I'm surprisingly, you know, I, I love food. I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm a vegan act. I'm vegan actually, but I, I, I love food, which I think most people would think that like you're vegan. So that means that you hate food, but <laughs> it's not true. I actually love food. And, um, and so I've actually been, I, one of the things you can do with that app is you can, uh, you can put in, um, restaurants and stuff and it'll save a note. And a lot of times it'll like embed the menu and stuff in there. So, um, I've actually been like backfilling places that I like in cities I travel to, uh, you know, so that way, like when I go back there, it, um, you know, it can, uh, I'm going to know what places I liked, you know, when, in all the cities that I, that I travel to. And, uh, and I also think the, um, the, uh, in general, just like the, 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 the location feature in that app being kind of everywhere in Evernote being kind of everywhere of like, I saw this really cool coffee table at a thrift store and you like take a picture of it. And then you're like, it was at this place. That's pretty cool too. Yeah. I think that's, that is entirely in fitting with Evernote's original mission statement of just replacing your memory, replacing the need for the extended brain. And, uh, and I think that exactly that use case where you take a picture of something in a location and next time you need to know, where it was or next time you're in that location, you want to know what it was. Mm-hmm. It can just tell you and to have that at, the, at your fingertips really does. It, to me is the point of Evernote. And like, I love, I love Evernotes and most people don't even realize the, uh, the search syntax. Mm-hmm. Like you can do complex Boolean searches in Evernote um, using like and ors and, um, there's tag searches, keyword searches. Uh, you can, it, it gets complicated. Yeah, it's um, nuts. It's powerful. I shouldn't say complicated. It's actually pretty simple, but it's very powerful. Um, and like to me, that stuff turns me on. But, mm-hmm. but for the average user, I think just that whole, just huge digital brain where everything's at your fingertips based on criteria that make sense. Things like location, things like keywords in, text that you might've scrawled on a piece of paper with penultimate. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. I still, yeah. I'm still not a regular user. I was a huge user. I should, I should clarify that and say I was, I was nothing but Evernote for a long time and I'm still, I'm kind of warming back up to it again after a long break. Yeah. I'm, I decided that if I was going to give it a shot, that 
the best way to do that would be to really try and use it for like a couple of weeks and just like put everything into it, you know, and see what happens. Um, and I'm kind of digging it. It's pretty cool. Awesome. Well, I'm moving my third pick up to my first pick because it relates to something you said. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's an app called Paprika hmm. that's available on iPhone, iPad, and Mac. Unfortunately, you have to buy each one of those separately. Mm-hmm. Even the iPhone and iPad apps are they're different versions that cost $5 a piece. So when you put the whole package together, it's a $30 app. Uh, it's $20 on the Mac, $5 iPad, $5 iPhone. And But what you get is an app that I can browse. Say I'm on my Mac and I'm browsing a, a recipe website, any of the major food websites, and I find a recipe I want to cook. I can click a button. And all of the ingredients are separated out. All the cooking instructions are separated out. Title, uh, preparation time, cooking time. It's all turned into uh, like a database entry in Paprika. And then I can click another button and have it create a shopping list for me from the recipes, from the um, the meals that I want to make. And it'll create a, a concatenated shopping list and I can check off what I want to include and what I don't. And then it'll keep track for me. It'll show me what, what sections and aisles each one of those ingredients are going to be in. So I can just take my iPhone then to the grocery store and just check stuff off as I get it. And when I'm done, I know I have everything I need to make any of the meals that I had checked when I created the shopping list. And then I get home and I set my iPad up on my little Falcon cooking stand in the kitchen and I have all the instructions, all the prep is all laid out very sequentially and I can page through with my little stylus and not get flour and, and olive oil all over my uh, iPad. And it, I just really started putting it to use this week. I've done a few meals with it and I really, I've used sous chef. I've used uh, iCookbook, I've used pantry. I've used basil Paprika is kind of my top pick right now for that, for cooking apps. Hmm. I've seen it. I know people who use it. I haven't, I haven't used it myself. I think maybe I should check it out. I, I recommend it. I do feel like maybe they should have kind of, even if they made the Mac app $30 and then gave you a free iPhone and iPad companion, mm-hmm. or, you know, anything that made it feel less like you were being like gouged over the coals every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like the pricing scheme could be friendlier, uh, even if it came out to the same total. But I recommend it on all three platforms. It's been really great. It's neat. All right. Do you have a number two? Number two. Uh yeah, I do. Um I so like you said, I'm a I'm a I'm a giant coffee nerd. Do you like coffee? I love coffee. Good. Okay. I, I, I wasn't sure. I didn't know. Um, but I, I love coffee and I, I think I have, you know, all the, uh, you know, I think I probably have, um, four or five different methods of making coffee. So I have a, um, you know, I have the AeroPress, which a lot of people are into, uh, and it's, you know, it's great. And, uh, I have a, uh, like a regular, um, pour over, like you see in coffee shops a lot, mm-hmm. you know, they put it like on top of the cup and, um, you know, the little Italian one that you put on the stove where even if you're really good at it, the coffee comes out like undrinkable, like <laughs> a third of the time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but, but the one that I use the most is the, uh, is I use a, a Chemex coffee pot, yep. which is, uh, kind of looks like a big, um, kind of looks like a big hourglass with an open top, I guess. It's like a big, uh, looks like some kind of lab equipment almost. And it's, yeah. um, 
Yeah, and I, uh, it's, you know, it's a pour-over method, but it's absolutely my favorite way to make coffee, and I, I use it every day. Um, and it's, uh, you know, and, and, it, and, it, and it's just great. It's, um, it, it, it looks beautiful, which is good, because, you know, it makes your kitchen look all classy. And, uh, you know, it also makes, uh, I, I feel like if you had that plus, like, the AeroPress, those make two, diff- two very different kinds of coffee, you know, where the Chemex is more like a regular, like, it comes out a little bit more like, you know, the way like a drip coffee kind of a thing would. Yeah. And where the AeroPress is a little bit more like a, um, a, uh, it's a little bit, you know, you, you make more something more like an espresso, like an, you make an Americano with it kind of a thing. And um, I feel like if you had each of those, I think you'd have, you'd be able to create a lot of variety of, you know, flavor in that, in that realm uh, without really investing a lot of money, you know? Um so I think that's my that's my pick. So I, yeah, I mean, I have a Chemex sitting right next to me right now, a five cup. Um, mm-hmm. I think it cost me thirty dollars, and then I pay, I don't know, it's like eight bucks for a pack of filters. Yeah, like a hundred or something. Yeah, yeah and filters the, filter, are really the cheap. filters are really the secret, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, really, it's just you're drip bearing coffee, but the Chemex filter makes a huge difference. Um, you know what a great tip is. Put broken eggshells in your grounds in a Chemex filter. It'll smooth it out like you wouldn't believe. Hmm. I, uh, I've tried putting, uh, so what I do with the French press is I put, uh, I put a little bit of salt in it. Have you tried that? I have not tried that. Yeah. I try putting, a, I'm, I bet it, it, it does, it has the same effect. Um, I bet it's like, I don't know, sulfate something or other, uh, is the, is the thing. Um, I'm just saying words. I don't know what they mean, but, um, it's, I, I learned, I learned it from Alton Brown though. Uh, and it's, um, so I do it with that. I think, I don't think I've tried it with the Chemex, but I've done it with the French press. I put a little bit of, uh, salt in the grounds before I pour the water in and it, uh, just smows the, it makes everything a lot less, uh, takes a lot of the bitterness out of something. Yeah. And that's what the eggshells do is it just, you just get this super smooth brew out of it. It's amazing. Hmm. Um, I, every time I make eggs, I always, I clean the eggshells and I save them for, I don't, I don't use the eggshells every time, but when Mm -hmm. I'm in the mood for a really like a bold, smooth cup of coffee, Mm -hmm. that's what I do. I'll have to try the salt. That sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. I use it. AeroPress is my standard, like every day. Mm -hmm. Chemex is, if I know I'm going to be drinking more than one cup of coffee, (laughs) you know, I go ahead and I, I whip out the Chemex and make up three or four cups and. I think I want to get one of yeah. That's actually the benefit of the AeroPress, right? Is you can make one cup at a time. Yeah. Um, I think I want to get like you know they make they make like a little like two or three cup size Chemex. I think I need to get one of those. Yeah. You see, I yeah. went I went for the big one. Me too. And uh, and yeah, I think I think there may be a, a distinct advantage to a single or one or two cup. Chemex. Absolutely. I'll have to try that. Mm-hmm. All right, so my number two is going to be a Mac app called Play Plus. It's P L A Y with a plus symbol after it. It's um, I don't I don't spend a lot of time on YouTube, uh, but when I do, I I find it more appealing on say the Apple TV or on my iPad. And Play Plus brings that iPad type experience for YouTube to the Mac. And gives you a much nicer interface with great search. Uh, it it's not as good as like Jasmine on the iPad if you've ever seen that. 
Mm-mm. Um, Jasmine is gorgeous. If you, if you have any use for YouTube at all, check out Jasmine on the iPad. But this is about Play Plus, which brings a very elegant interface to the Mac for uh, searching and viewing YouTube videos. And that's about all there is to say about it. But it's definitely it's right now. It's a dollar ninety nine. It'll be up to four ninety nine soon. But if you mm-hmm. check it out now, it's like two bucks, and it's pretty cool. I am going to OmniFocus that and check it out. I'll send you a um, link. That'd be cool. All right. Number three? Number three. Okay, so I had a little bit of trouble narrowing it down to three, but my three and four pick that I thought of are both kind of in the same realm, so I'm, maybe I'll combine them. Go for it. And that they, uh, sweet. I'm glad you approved. <laughs> um, it's that or I was going to get the like, cha-ching, like the Skype, like, no, you're done. I said three. <laughs> Um, I, I cheat on this all the time, so good. Uh, so, but they're both kind of accessories. So I'll, uh, I'll, they're both kind of accessories. I don't have a ton to say about either one of them specifically. Um, but uh, one of them is the, um, it's uh, the the Fisher Space Pen, uh, which I, um, I've had two now because I lost the first one. <laughs> but um, I, I, uh, but I, um, I, 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 I carry it everywhere with me. I was really concerned for a while about. You know, because it's difficult to find a place to carry a pen, right, you know, um, on your person. And I didn't want to put it in my front pocket because I didn't want to look like a nerd. And then I realized that I probably cared more about having a place to put a, about having it with me than I cared about looking like a nerd. So I just started doing it anyway. Do you wear um, tight pants or something? Are you a skinny no, just, jeans guy? No, no, I'm okay. not. No, I, 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 I dress like a, like a, uh, like an, like a grown up, like a, like a big boy. Um, <laughs> okay. But no, I just, uh, you know, I, um, mm, I'm always afraid that I'm going to, I'm always, I'm always just afraid that I'm going to, you know, ink up the inside of my pants, you know, cause you can click the thing on accident or something. And sure. it's, um, unideal for me to put them in my pants and I have other stuff in there. I'll scratch it up or whatever. And, um, and there's, you know, the space pen's so pretty when you get it. Um, uh, so yeah, no, I just started putting it in my pocket. I carry this thing everywhere. And, uh, you know, I have, I have the little field note subscription you can get from them for like a, uh, you know, for like a hundred bucks or whatever. Um, you know, so I carry one of the field notes with me in my back pocket and, um, and, uh, you know, just use it for all kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, like grocery lists and things and sketching app ideas and when I'm meeting with people or whatever, you know, and, it's, um, it's, uh, I, you know, I also like it just, just in case I'm ever, you know, in space. Or or uh, underwater or in or fire, Antarctica, yes. um, the South Pole. Dude, those uh, things are amazing. They seriously will write anywhere. You know, I did test it writing upside down the other day. I don't know why I thought it needed to be tested. Oh, it does need I, to be t- because when you go and you want to sign something or write a check up against a wall, mm-hmm. your average ballpoint pen will fail you. Well, but your bullet pen won't. And I yeah, love that I, about them. Yeah, and I, I well, I felt like I needed to test it because I did not want, I did not want after I met the doctor and like went away in the TARDIS and needed to sign something, to be the time where I find out this thing doesn't work, you know, in, uh, you know, upside down or in space conditions. So I felt like it was important to get that out of the way up front once I got it. Really, there's uh, a there's a Doctor Who requirement on pen buying now. Well, I was trying to think under what situation I'm going to be in space. Um, and, and you thought. After you met the doctor mm-hmm. and got okay, yeah. I mean, it's. I think it's a Portland thing. 
I know a lot of Doctor Who nerds in Portland. You know, we have a bar here called the TARDIS Room. I have no my, idea. That's by my crazy. house. It's, That's crazy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's all Doctor Who themed on the inside. It's pretty, uh, <laughs> it's pretty insane. They have karaoke there on Mondays. We also love karaoke here. I don't know what it is. I'd been to karaoke like twice before moving to Portland and like once a week after moving here. It's nuts. Do you have like a heavy metal karaoke? You know, every karaoke can be heavy metal if you want it to be. We have we have karaoke's in La Crosse, Wisconsin that are specifically heavy metal. And you can hear like duets of like Run to the Hills by Iron Maiden and that is <laughs> it's just crazy. Crazy. What's your go, what's your go-to karaoke song? My I don't, I, I if I have to do karaoke, I do the Beastie mm-hmm. Boys. It's a solid choice. It's easy because um, I don't have to sing. I don't do well with pitch. Have you ever seen them live? I have not. They're crazy live. They're I've really, seen videos of live. They're really but. entertaining. Um, oh, and I had one other thing to go along with my accessories uh, thing. Is Also, I started wearing a uh, watch recently. Um, not a very smart one. It's more like a Timex uh, $30 one that you buy at the, you know, the target or something, or the, I don't know if they sell analog it or digital. Uh, it's analog. Okay. Um, and the, uh, and, and the reason that I decided that, uh, wearing a watch was actually a good, uh, a, a good and, um, just idea was that, uh, I don't drive, I don't have a car, but I do drive sometimes when I need to meet a client, I'll get a, uh, we have this thing called zip car, you know, what zip yeah. cars, right? Yep. Okay. And, uh, and I realized like I was sitting there talking to this client and I'm like, and I'm like, it went way longer than it was supposed to. And I'm sitting there being like, I don't want to pull out my phone and look like an <laughs> asshole, but I'm really don't know if I'm running out of time right now. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the A word, but, um, the, um, I'll allow it. Good. Uh, so then I, so then I immediately, uh, the next day went and, uh, you know, just got like a Timex watch with like a Grograin, uh, you know, the kind of nylon-y, um, woven wrist strap that you can get. And, um, and I actually recommend those because they make like 30 different versions of it. And they're, they, if you get the analog one, they look cool and they're really cheap. And then you don't have to look like a jerk when you're checking your stupid phone all the time. You know, you know why I would consider getting one Mm -hmm. because I frequently, and I would say almost hourly go to check the time on my phone Mm -hmm. and see notifications Mm-hmm. And get all through like reading emails and, mm-hmm. and Twitter posts and get done and realize I don't know what time it is. No, that's the other thing, too, is to that you separate my clock from my notifications would be ideal. I, I agree, because you, you, you look at your phone and you're like, well, I'm already here. You know, what's a little uh, <laughs> what's, a, what's a little, t- you know, uh, what's a, what's what's tiny wings up to, um, <laughs> you know. So, you know, and the other thing is I figured that. You know, I wonder what percentage of people dropping their phone on concrete is because they pulled it out to check the time while they were walking. <laughs> so I yeah. figured like all of these were worth having, you know, spending, you know, 30 or 40 bucks or whatever on a uh, on a wristwatch. So nice. recommended. Good call. Hot pick. Good call. <laughs> all right. My last one is going to be an app called My Dashboard for iOS. And it is it's a dashboard. There have been a few apps that have done this, but none that I've seen that have done it quite as elegantly. And it gives you a pop-up where you can configure all these different modules. And right now on mine, on my home dashboard, I have the time 
and the date and the weather with a three-day forecast, my two Twitter accounts, and then uh, world news and uh, new Gmail uh, items. And all of that I can have next to my bed when I wake up in the morning. I can flip over and see everything all in one board. And it's uh, it's not entirely novel, but it works really well. And the uh, the setup, the configuration for it is really simple and really pretty elegant. And it is, let's see, ninety nine cents right now for, and it's a universal app for both iOS mm. and or for iPad and iPhone. Mm. Pretty cool. Sounds like a deal. Yeah. All right. Well, that was the top three. Now we'll do sponsor three, and then we'll sign off. Sad. Sad face. Ooh. Okay, Squarespace. (laughs) Everything you need to make an amazing website. Squarespace is a fully hosted, completely managed environment for creating and maintaining a beautiful website, blog, or portfolio. This means that no matter how experienced you are with building websites, you can build something amazing in minutes without having to worry about hosting, scaling, or integration. You get beautiful, clean templates, and everything in this platform is drag and drop, and everything is integrated. Layout Engine is Squarespace's page builder. It allows you to create custom layouts for each of your pages in seconds. You can add blocks of content such as photos, videos, text, social media content, and more. You don't have to worry about what your site will look like on a mobile device. Your entire site will restructure automatically to fit on every device and maintain the beauty of the site's design. If you like stats, you'll love the real-time analytics that are built into Squarespace. There are even iOS and Android apps that let you manage and post on the go. You can even import your content from your current blog and easily set up sharing and syncing with your social media accounts. When you sign up for a year of Squarespace, you get a free custom domain name. Squarespace is $10 a month for the standard plan and $20 a month for the unlimited plan. If you sign up for a year, you get 20% off, and sign up for two years and you get 25% off, or you can pay month to month. You can easily link your custom domain with just a few clicks. There's no credit card required to try it out. Simply go to squarespace.com slash 5x5 and start your trial. If you decide to purchase, click enter an offer code below the pricing at checkout and use the code FOOLS, F-O-O-L-S, for an additional 10% off. So go check out Squarespace, everything you need to make an amazing website. All right. Well, Colin, Colin Donnell, you're on Twitter as... Colin Donnell and with two at, L's with two L's C O L L I N D O N N E L L. That's a lot of double letters. Yeah, it's a lot of double letters. And uh, also app.net, Colin Donnell, and on the web, colindonnell.com. Yes, and my company website is albinadevelopment.com, which is spelt like albino with an A. What does it mean? Uh, oh, it's actually kind of cool. Uh, the east, so Portland is um, divided by a river. And the east side, which is where I lived, used to be the city of Albina. But it was also the name of my favorite coffee shop in town was the Albina, is the Albina Press. So I was like, it's fake. So I just named my company that. Perfect. Okay. All right. And I am T.T. Scoff everywhere and at BrettTarpshire.com. And uh, this is Systematic Episode 41. Thanks a ton for being here, Colin. Thank you. And we will be back in one week. Thank you.